Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. You are tuning into the library with Tim Inico, rapstation.com. <laughs> I couldn't be nobody but myself. You know that. But then they all started talking. So what doesn't my next guest do and what talent doesn't he have? He's a producer, a drummer, and he's also the executive producer of De La Soul's newest album and the anonymous nobody. He's Super Dave West, and I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Inico. Thank you. Well, there's always something to love if you're familiar enough to recognize it. I mean, have you... You know, obviously the newest De La Soul album is uh, and the anonymous nobody, and it's the first Daylight EP you've been the executive producer on. Um, and when you read your bio in regards to this album, uh, it says, This groundbreaking LP was conceived from, from two years of live jam sessions accompanied by some of the Los Angeles' best musicians, the Rhythm Roots All-Stars. Uh, through these sessions, Super Dave went to work chopping, sampling, and programming back the elements from those sessions. So, I mean, so the question is, how do you know? Like, how do you know what to chop? How do you know what to sample? Is it a game plan that you have, or is it kind of just by ear as it goes? Well, one, let me make a really quick correction. Okay, I'm a co-executive producer alongside De La Soul and um, Rhythm Roots on this project. Mm-hmm. I just want to make that clear. I'm not the executive producer. But what it was is there was enough time to let things naturally become what they were going to be without being too formulaic. Right. And so the jam sessions spread out all of that time. Also, I'm a part of those jam sessions. It's not like the band was just like doing their thing. I was in the band. So the drummer that they usually worked with, I kind of replaced for this project and, um, playing drums allowed me to, you know, help Dela understand the language of the musicians and the other way around. So with all of this material, you know, things just start to speak. There were special moments in the recording that just stood out. There were standout moments, and those became, um, you know, songs and material potential for, for, you know, different things. So that's kind of how it happens. Just like, like let the music grow and speak to you. The skill in that is having good ears to know when it's happening. Mm-hmm. And to know when, the, you know... Everybody kind of nods and knows when those those moments are happening. It's like, oh, this is right here. And so, you know, we harnessed in, even from the live aspect where we were jamming it out, when we would hear those moments happen, we would just kind of stick to it and try to, like, you know, 
you know, feel out the moment and get the most out of it musically. You know, you have over, what, over two years of, of live jam sessions. Mm-hmm. What percentage of those live jam sessions did you use? And versus what, I guess, what percentage afterward did you find? What did you use? What what percentage do you think was usable, but, but you didn't use? And that's kind of what percentage was this not usable at all? Well, quite honestly, music just changes over time. So it'll always be like that footage that we have will always be turned into to songs that have the potential to. It's just how it's like a good record collection. Right. And um, so that's how we saw it. But like um, a good a good percentage of the album is is a lot of the live stuff that's, you know, standalone. And then we added to it and pieced together and added other stuff to make it what it was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then, then the other half, you know, was obviously, uh, you know, drum machine and PC shit. It's just like, you know, me going through those sessions and picking out certain things from that same band and from those same movements and chopping and reinterpreting my own movements in that, mm. you know. So it was kind of 50-50. As far as what's left over in the sessions that can be made into to musical works, that's endless, man. <laughs> I, like we were just we were just tapping into that. It was just so much footage, you know, so much stuff. Wow, Super Dave, this is your so this is I believe this is your sixth album with Dela, right? What's what what has been the major? I guess the major difference in the collaboration process uh, since the first album until now, and then kind of what what has stayed the same throughout the collaboration process? What's what's remained the same? Let's let's start with that. What's remained the same is the fact that we don't um, we don't stop being creative in downtime. So when it's time to jump on the next the next project, there's there's a lot of stuff that's already embryo, you know, ideas that's ready to kind of go and, and and start being structured. Like the process just never stops. We never stop talking music. We never stop conceptualizing. We never stop just kind of, it's like a life movement. And, um, you know, this, we're all the same people kind of, we get up and kind of live for it. So, you know, I'm calling somebody, if I'm running through something, I'm like, Hey, listen to this. I'm shooting an idea and it might not happen just then, but it'll be like in the back of my head, it'll be kind of like on a mental checklist of like what needs to happen. Mm. And that remains because we are, kind of like the same people musically in a creative way what has been the major difference uh for the collaboration between the album yeah. um it's 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 broadened in the i mean from from then until now like a lot of the studio culture has changed we, we're not in like you know big old a rooms doing a lot of things a certain way because that that studio culture has changed it's downsized it's you know it's changed um, um digital two inch you know, it's going to Pro Tools and it's going to, you know, being very on the spot and uh, edit wherever you are. Right. You know, just like the Anonymous Nobody album was kind of done while we were jamming in L.A., we had a condo, like a, a penthouse condo suite in L.A. where we were, you know, had the Pro Tools set up in the living room and the snake running to the, to the closets just for vocal, right. you know. So we kind of set up where we were. That was different from what it was back then. But you guys, but you guys were. I mean, so with and the United Nobody album, you guys were together though. 
Yeah, we were together. I you mean, said we were together. Yeah, I mean, versus like you know, you have someone create a beat, send an email to you know, it wasn't like it wasn't a I guess an email collaboration album. No, 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 not at all. Like that, like we, when we did it, we did it together. We we set out a time to be in the same space together doing that. Definitely. And why? I just get why is for you guys why is that important? Like, what's the importance of being in the same room, same city? together when creating an album or a piece of music um it's more of a, a cohesiveness you can hear like you can hear things quicker you can hear things more direct and we're working on one piece and then another idea comes you can see how it fits quicker there's there's not you know because this is a touring band as well you gotta understand like they're touring constantly so I'm not having to email them with this kind of project. I'm not tr- having to email them ideas or get approval on something to try something. We're in the same room, so we try it out, and um, and we kind of know right there what it feels like. Just getting to the music quicker, right? I mean, I, obviously, because like I, guess I imagine uh, presenting or having a listening session on something versus it uh, conveys is easier to convey what you're trying to do or the point you're trying to do versus sending an email that someone might misinterpret or yeah, totally. Um, totally. You, you, um, when, when you, you know, this is the, the first daylight album in 12 years, right. Uh, since the grind date, which you were a part of as well. Um, when you, when you got that call or that email and them saying, Hey, we want to do an album and we want you on it. Uh, what was your immediate reaction? It's exciting. I mean, De La Soul is, is, is a musically exciting kind of a group. Because mm. we, we kind of throw pain at the canvas. You know, it's not always how it starts, and it's not always how it's finished. It's like how it's what it becomes. So when you get a call like that, when I get a call like that, I know I'm in for a ride musically, you know? Right. And, um, and I'm suited for that trip, so... I kind of bring the soda and the chips, you know, <laughs> and that's just just how it is, you know. And we take turns driving, and it's the perfect scenario. That's a perfect parallel for um, what we're talking about. That's it right there. So getting that call is just like, okay, all right, where we want to start? Is there a starting point? And this starting point was about the fact that there was a lot of tracks done before. Like there was supposed to be a whole other studio album that was being done. And um, after a while, th- there was a conversation between the, them and the band because the band would tour with them and do certain dates. And there was a, um, a conversation with the band to do something more organic, more live, musician-based. And after that was kind of like flushed out, then it was like, hey, Dave, come in and, 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 and jump in with us. And then I assumed the position of drummer in that band. You know what I'm saying? Right. Situation. When just go back when you're when you're doing these jam sessions and you're the drummer are for this album is there? I mean, are you guys prior to this? Are you guys having a discussion of like this is the purpose of the album? And then if you are, does that does that change how you would approach? I guess a jam session with a group. I know the conversation. I know the uh, the application when it comes to hip hop music from a live perspective and from a, a drum machine perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So in doing that, 
I'm playing a certain way to create space and create nuances and create moments in the music. Like it's a jam session and it's totally unstructured the way it starts. Like we're, we're all kind of conversating and talking musically, but there's certain things that I'll do with my producer ear on to, to push other energy that I know is tempo driven for what the group could rhyme on or certain things like that. Mm. My instincts are, are there for those moments to, to, to also jump in the material that might be fly, you know, for them to rhyme on like Houdini, perfect tempo, perfect kind of thing. Perfect loop. It's illegal. How those kids can come from out of the slums and live so real. Lose it all on a prayer to the eagle. It's interesting that you talk about, I mean, instincts. I feel like uh, a common, I mean, not common, but a thread with a lot of great, you know, producers is that, you know, you ask him for, like, you know, what's the secret? How do you know? And a lot of, it seems like a lot of it's based on instincts and how, you know, you just know when to, like, you know, add an extra kick, you know, to the snare or something like that. Well, when you're programming and you're doing all these things all these years and putting together songs and editing, you become a human version of that when you're in a live setting. I mean, I do. Right, right. So there's certain things I'm just going to do that are that are based on all of this knowledge, like crammed into one, you know, one big old creative pot. So as much as it's loose and free, it's not totally miscellaneous. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um. You know, you, you've you're not you've not just obviously created albums with De La, uh, and you 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 who are lyricists, uh, but you've also you know you did the album Beatboxing, which is a non-lyrical album. Um, how do you? I guess when you're creating an album like that, how do you? What, like, what purpose does that serve for you? Uh, just to have an album like a beatboxing album, and then are you trying to convey a message through that album and? Or are you just really trying to show off kind of your 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 instrumentation skills or your producing skills? Um, beatboxing is based on it, it, it's a culture album. It's 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 based off of beat tapes. You know the culture of you know early hip hop culture, how you shopped music. I would play music for them early. You know, Pops would put what he liked on a cassette tape and take it home. And, um, you know, I would burn CDs and pass them out like it's the beat tape concept. How to turn a beat tape that that becomes a beat tape, goes from becoming a beat tape to becoming an album, that's a skill set because you got to keep it interesting enough. The beats have to be kind of like cohesive enough or, you know, exciting enough or have moments enough to keep your attention or, or it just becomes a beat tape again. Mm. So there was a lot of editing. And, you know, sound bites and certain things to give the beat, that album, a theme. And I wanted to make that the vocal, kind of like the vocal presence on the album, like the sound bites and the little things. And I wanted it to move fast, too, so that you didn't get bored with it. That's why each song wasn't too long. Right. The same way you would listen to a good snippet beat tape and be like, oh, I like these two. These fit the conversation if you're, you know, doing an album. Um, And, yeah, I was kind of like... There's a certain era of hip-hop I was trying to do on that album that was something I don't hear a lot of people do. You know, it was boom bap, but it was kind of classic. Right. It was a certain era, like 
some you know some of the shit you would hear like a a Bismarck or a Chub Rock on, not exactly like you know super modern, um, you know ninety seven to two thousand and two hip hop, you know. Mm-hmm. And there, um, so I was just stressing that. Is there a beat that you've kind of created? Uh, that is it two questions. Is there a beat that you've created that kind of still blows you away? Uh, knowing that you made it, and then also, is there kind of a beat out there that you hear and you kind of wish you were a part of, or you, you know, you might have been like, a, wish you were like a fly on the wall during the creation process of that? Hmm, that's interesting. No, there's not a beat that I hear that really like blows me away that I did it. I feel like I'm still, I'm still chasing that beat. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, because when you do when you when you do work, I'm an independent contractor. When it comes down to it, like I'm connected to great people, but those are I'm I'm working for clients. Right. So a, a lot of time I'm trying to fashion things that they want to hear, or you know, pieces of the puzzle that may fit the album. So I think now my conversation going forward is about finding those things that are really going to turn me on musically. I like we gonna make it, Jada Kiss beat. I always every time I hear that it excites me. On the on the on the pop, I mean, on the pop side, I like happy. You know what I mean? I have a big range. You know, DeWitt. That reminds me of Queens, my neighborhood. That was considered like drug dealer music to us. You know, DeWitt and EPMD. That was like hustler music. So we would hear that blasting in, in the jeeps going down the street. There's a lot of things that are mostly tied to certain beats. So it's a big. That's a big answer for that one question. <laughs> We're speaking with uh, Super Dave West. He's the uh co-executive producer of De La Soul's newest album, The Anonymous Nobody. Um, is there, a, Dave, is there a track on, like, I know it might change, but is there a track on this current album that you're just kind of, it, it could be your favorite or you're just thrilled that it was done or because it's a real labor of love for you? I like to know that record because we were really trying to hit on some kind of parliament funkadelic shit. Yeah. And George Clinton, you know, never made the cut of the album. George is supposed to be on that record. And so Dave was affecting his voice and doing certain things. We go do certain things to, to give George a clear depiction of how we wanted that to feel like. And then after we listened to it, we were like, this is banging how it is, you know? I think, you know, Dale has this way of like jumping around in between genres a little bit. So Greyhounds is real slick, how it's kind of R&B, but it's still like, uh, I don't know, it's just still kind of, it has all of these lanes it can go into. Drawn is a beautiful track. And uh, Memory Of is a beautiful track to me. On the listen back of Memory Of, it's just like, oh my God, the mix and everything was just perfect. It's so hip-hop, you know? Uh, what was that collaboration process like in terms of making that particular track? 
Well, that was the thing that uh, Estelle, I think they were trying to get Estelle on something, and she presented that because it's something that her and Pete had worked on. And so then we came in, I came in and, and kind of like messed with the drums and did some editing. And the group, you know, Dela, Poss, and Dave, we kind of like switched that arrangement up to make it our own. That's how that happened. That's why it's featuring Pete Rock because it, the source of it came from Pete Rock and Estelle. You obviously work with uh, an array of you've worked with an array of artists, not just De La Soul, but you know uh, your name's tied to like Talib Kweli, Common, Slum Village, Ghostface. In the debates of lyrics, like the lyric debate being content versus subject matter versus flow or concept, uh, how important is it if you're going to work with, say, uh, an MC that you? That their content is tight versus, or is it more important that their their flow or uh, or even the concept of what they're saying is tight? It's very important. That's why I haven't worked with like personally handpicked too many people that I work with like that. Mm. Because it's very hard for me to find people. See, me me working with Dela is not also. It's not just about the fact that we're friends and then we end up just doing it the music thing over and over again, it's the fact that we fit. There's a marriage to the beat. Mm. There's a marriage to that, that, that works. A lot of times I don't find people that marry what I do correctly because I also MC, right? So in my side of my head, I'm doing music. I'm spitting my own shit to that. <laughs> so if you're not kicking my ass and what I'm spitting to it while I'm making it, like I can't, you know what I'm saying? That's just how it is. Like, and I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but that's just the honest truth. It definitely comes down to all of that. Even if you can't rhyme, but your voice is crazy. Like, there's certain principles of, like, I think hip-hop vocals that are just true. Like, either you're born with a voice or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Nas's voice is just a hip-hop voice. Biggie's voice was a hip-hop voice. Ghostface's voice, Ray's voice... Old Dirty's voice. Those are hip-hop voices. You know? Mm-hmm. So you can't get around that. So if you're styling out on it, I'm into that. If you're, you're extremely lyrical and it's witty and it's just like you make the canvas, you know, the beat, the canvas perfect for what you're trying to do, I'm into that. So I see it from a, a, like five different angles when it comes to that particular thing. Certain beats is like you want to hear them I want to hear somebody like they're crawling out of the bed and they have they haven't cleared their throat yet because of the the tone of the music sounds like that. You know, from a serious art perspective, I, I'm I'm still looking for MCs to tap in like that. So, do you have like an? I mean, I imagine then you have just beats and beats and beats that just have not been used yet, and you're just waiting for that perfect artist. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just make beats for the hell of it. I mean, like, beats is an exercise. That's like a God-given talent. I kind of worship God with that. I give that back to him every day. You feel me? Yeah. 
So it's, it's different. I'm talking to God like that. So it's way different than just like it's a stockpile waiting for somebody. But in the sense, it is that because it has to be something that's worth that moment. You know, it reminds me of, and, and I know you worked with him. Uh, BBC did a radio documentary on Dilla a while ago, mm-hmm. and right. uh, and there's one thing that like always stood out to me was uh, being in Detroit, and then one day after they were at a club, going back to Dilla's place, and he started playing them records, and then he started like like playing like two seconds of each record and saying, all right, see that there? That's a beat. And then, and he, he went through like 20 records and, and at the end of the story, he was like, and with those 20 records, he made this beat. And you're like, wow, just to have that patience and that ear for it is just incredible, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of like when you read something like what you're doing and you're like, wow, to have that patience and that ear is just incredible to, and wanting to talk to someone that does that is pretty amazing. Well, I appreciate that, man. I am, um... I miss Jay too, man, because he, he's one of those, uh, me and Jay were peers, you know what I mean? We talked a lot and we talked about a lot about concept and, you know, we, we got on around the same periods. Like I had a deal with Q-Tip, um, for this group called Hot Sauce back in like 96, 97. At the same time, you know, Jay was coming from Detroit and coming to Tip's house the same way I was coming from Queens, coming to Tip's house in Jersey. Uh, you know, so we eventually hooked up and we were record dig in New York and stuff. But it's just like, there's a responsibility to it. And it's and it's evident. That's why he's in the Smithsonian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Serious responsibility to it. Some people are born to like do certain things and be a chemical engineer. I'm born to touch music. Yeah. Wow. Period. That's what I'm born to do. And I know that. And that sense of purpose, once you notice it early, just like anybody else's sense of purpose, you start running, right. you know, you start running and start creating and start, you know, sifting through your life to see where the conversations fall and all of that. So it's, you know, so when you have a band of brothers and a band of misfits that are into that same thing, it's like a bunch of kids on the Island just exploring, you know, right. and it has no age. It has no time stamp and no age on it. Right. So I don't know why, and, like, I haven't aged. Like, I still look 27. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, all of us look kind of young because we don't live a corporate America life. We live a music. Did you hear that? Life. It's not just knowing your samples. It's how you put them together. Robert Glasper is a jazz pianist who's worked with everyone from Most Def to Jay-Z. One summer, he and Bilal went to make some tracks with Dilla in his legendary basement. It was like 3 in the morning. We just came from the club. And he was like, yo, Bilal, can you sing over this? Pulled out one record and played like into a minute of it. It was like, those three notes of the bass. Took the record off, put another record out. Waited like 30 seconds into that song. Like, those three notes of the of that bass. Put a different, whole another record out. And was like, and those three notes. If I put all those together, could you sing over that? He was like, hold on. And put them joints together, and that became. What's next for you? I mean, this album's out. Uh, will there? Are, I mean, are you and Dayla working on more albums, or I mean, is it another twelve years that uh, fans will, you know, wait with with agony? Well, uh, there's quality versus quantity, but I mean, I think it's very clear that you know that you know it's really about their tour schedule. Right. You got to understand, like, if there's 300 plus days out of the year, 
these dudes have to be like close to 200 and change out of the year where they're touring. So they're gone all the time. That, that time, you know, I don't think people put that together that they're an actual touring group that's been touring since the nineties heavily right. and not in the States, in Europe and throughout the world. So, um, you know, they're touring at the rate that's probably as crazy as, Ariana Grande or, you know, like a Madonna, like they're out there. They're a mega touring group. That's the time that's, that goes on between the albums and, and certain things. It just comes down to schedule. I'm working on an album called Digital Native, and that's going to be uh, a release. And then I'm going to do Spitboxing, which is the answer to beatboxing. And I'm going to just do a couple of albums. It's time to write you know, kind of state, make a statement as far as my production. You know, I've been a work for hire and a part of a big family for a long time. It's just time to, you know, do my own thing for right this second. Would Spitboxing have you on it, lyrically? Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah, Digital Native too, definitely. That's that's, that's real dope, shit. Oh, you, you do yeah. do everything, that's impressive. Uh, <laughs> He's the executive, co-executive producer of uh, De La Soul's new album, uh, Andy and Anonymous Nobody. He's obviously a super, super talented individual, and I'm honored that he's been on my show at the library of Tim Ronicon, rapstation.com. Uh, super Dave West, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me.
was still lighter than a feather. Uh, culturally, snow them like cocoa leaf. Them niggas suck more luck. No tea on the Lolo and my Polo tea. The show costs money, but the promo's free. Pen collection is interesting. No still, but still niggas will feel threat. Uh, my genetics is comedic. Driven in lamps, I was looking angelic. Psychedelic. I niggas like it, I can sell it. But I don't fuck with that sweet shit. I'm diabetic. Uh, this is rapping at its peak. It's peak. Reverse steady yapping at the beak of a parakeet. You're not unique, you know, cool Keith. This shit is more parody. parody. To get with the Villa Rhyme distributor. First might rent you a year's salary. You're getting looting this. You need it. this. You're chewing this. Baby, you already know who it is. We've been doing this. We've been doing this. The truth of this, since you who's a tuna fish, catch flights, hit the stewardess. Uh, we've been doing this. We've been doing this. Uh, been doing this. Now put yeah. that bread on all fours to catch it in the rye. New York City lights look better in July. Fourth, no fireworks dangling the sky like right there. Feeling the night air, promoting a fair fight. Square dance, spending the face off. Crooked eye letters for Maydorf, apologizing. Long journeys walk the cold hard facts. Once you turn up there, it's no turning back. From rock cocaine flows and flows out of crack at the hemline. Verses on the land, muddy Jaman. That hard work you do on the scale, ham. I'm Joe Pesci on the dish, so messy on the disc. Puerto Rican mommies call me floppy. Leap a tall feeling in a single bound. Way over your head like my ex-girl talking about mind sex. Well, you're a dickhead. Ticks away from all shit, cause I'm an old fart. Go campaign days, yeah. They fresh like a pound of sage. Decorate the crown, my figures, watch the way they crown the stage. Sip crown, but I was down in age. See, the sailor took a sip, saw the whole ship drown in gray. Classmates couldn't find a page. Had the answers written in my palm ever since prom was paid. We're getting looting this, looting this, showing this. Baby, you already know who it is. We've been doing this, We've been doing this. We've been doing this. We've been doing this. The truth is, since you who's tuna fish, catch flights, hit the stewardess. We been doing this. We been doing this. We been doing this. We've been doing this. I lied, nigga. I lied, baby. Pimps uh. can't the motherfucking Amityville. We been doing this. Yo, it's an honor and a pleasure. This is a pleasure. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.